the Atlanta Hawks staying pat at the trade deadline. Welcome to the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks podcast. I am your host, Tim Ogles. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Mikey Kabrinsky, where we talk everything Hawks. Let's go. All right, Mikey. Um going into the trade deadline there were a lot of rumors going on with the atlanta hawks um a lot of them concerning uh dejounte murray um there were some out there for clint capella and deandre hunter as well um but we saw the hawks stand pat um not making a singular move uh what's your first uh, uh you know opinion on that uh I'm surprised, honestly, uh, the most about DeJounte Murray, just because of all the reporting we heard uh, just suggested from so many people that he that he maybe wanted to, uh, wanted to find a new spot, and as well as he just didn't really feel what the Hawks were wanting to do. But um, the standing pat at this deadline is that definitely, definitely a decision that was made to say, okay, we tried to get the value of these players back but we did we didn't have it so we're gonna wait until the offseason and we're gonna see what we can get for these same guys that's my opinion of it i don't think that the hawks were we're going to trade everybody in the roster like a fire sale at this deadline i wasn't thinking that but i did think they even if it wasn't the the big fish dejounte murray i thought they would make a move around the edges say like the clint capella uh, possibly to open up some more minutes for Nyeka Kangu, but ended up not doing anything. Yeah, and and something you know there was a lot of smoke with um, the Dejounte Murray stuff, um, whether it was Haynes, Stein, uh, Jake Fisher, uh, a lot of guys reporting it, uh, a lot of different teams as well. Like he was rumored that the Lakers were interested, uh, also the Knicks and. You know, on trade deadline day, it came out that the Pelicans uh, were making a hard push for DeJounte. And it seems like the Hawks had a really set price on what they wanted for DeJounte Murray. And I don't think um, ultimately any team really remotely got close to that. If they did, I think maybe the Hawks make a deal. But um, something... Something I, I, I've always kind of looked at it as is, you know, what what the Hawks gave away for DeJounte Murray was a big haul. And they they have to recoup some of those assets in, in order to invest it into another player. And if they're not doing that, then there's a problem. Because come 2025, the Atlanta Hawks do not have a first-round pick. and that's going to be where the Hawks have to find a way to start winning at a consistent basis. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know whether the front office was more, was more along the lines of, we have to make sure that we have to get value back to these players, the correct amount of value, or if it was for, okay, 
know, we we have this direction. This team maybe figured out something of the last week or so, and we're going to see what they can do. I, I, I like to think it's the former, but again, this this trade deadline for me was the ideal time to trade DeJounte Murray if the front office, Quinn Snyder, and ownership too, uh, if they have a say in it, believe that Trey Young and DeJounte Murray as a backcourt is not a long-term solution. Because if that's the case, they should have looked to they should have looked to offload him for a good value today. Yeah, and, and I'll kind of piggyback that on, on that a little bit is how many times are you going to be able to say DeJounte Murray is the best player on the market that's available at the deadline or at you know during the offseason? You're it's probably not gonna be uh something that's gonna be said much more. Yeah, and on draft night, a lot of teams are really active. Uh, we, we've seen, so, obviously, the trades, uh, Woj and Shams are going going crazy, uh, tweeting about potential trades and stuff like that on draft night. So it, it's, it definitely shocked me that the Hawks didn't do anything. It didn't, it didn't put, like, it wasn't a disaster that they didn't trade DeJounte Murray now. Because they can still they can still in the offseason. The contract is very favorable. There are teams with a market for DeJounte. We know this. The, the Lakers even said um that they'll they're gonna go after an upgrade to the roster in the offseason as well. So the Lakers probably will be in the mix uh, for a DeJounte Murray in the summer. So that that's there too. But ultimately, I think this deadline for the Hawks was if I was to give it a grade, I'd probably give it like a C C maybe C minus yeah yeah uh, I mean a C um for me it sounds about right it, it's um uh, of course you're not overwhelmed by moves because there was nothing made um standing pat was probably going to be the most uh probably boring uh, thing for the Atlanta Hawks because uh, you know, me as me and you both as fans of the team, we see where the roster needs to be upgraded, but also understand that uh, basketball is a business and, and there has to be two sides to make a deal, and, and it's just rough. Yeah, um, you had talked you had talked about it actually just because before we came on the show that some of the the buyers for Dejounte Murray. His market, these guys didn't have a direction. Like I know you were talking about uh, the Pelicans. Uh, you think they're they're going they're going to be uh, kind of an off season destination, and and the Lakers uh, said that as well. Yeah, and you know the the interesting thing about the Lakers is they actually gain another first round pick um, on draft night. So if they want to go get Dejounte on draft night, they'll actually ha- actually have another extra first round pick they can use to get him. But speaking of free agents, um, going into this offseason coming up, the Atlanta Hawks will have Patty Mills, Sadiq Bay, Garrison Matthews, Steph Lundy, Trent Forrest, and Wesley Matthews that are all free agents. Um, that's, a, that's a pretty good little uh, chunk of players. That's pretty much the Hawks' whole bench that, that is going to be free agents this offseason. Um, so I expect the Hawks to be pretty active when it when it becomes um, you know time to start signing guys. Yeah, true that one. But I also I'm also 
can see and of the viewpoint that I'm I'm happy the Hawks didn't make a trade just to make a trade. I think a lot of fans obviously, you know, people people say if you play fantasy sports too, everybody's like, oh, we need to trade this guy. We need some uh, excitement going on, roster changes. And you don't don't just make a trade to make a trade. There needs to be there needs to be a reason and it needs to be clear, clear cut, thought out direction for trade. Yeah, well, you can't make a trade to make a trade and end up losing the trade. Yeah. And, and that's that's the biggest part of it. Like, if you can make a trade and upgrade your roster for, for the Hawks part, like what's what's uh, you know frustrating for a lot of Hawks fans is um, just say for the Knicks. So the Knicks rumored package was Quentin Grimes, Evan Fournier, Jericho Sims, and a first round pick. Now, if the Hawks do that, they, they all, I mean, Quinn Grimes is a really good defender to put next to Trey. The first round pick would be awesome to come back, but there, there's a lot of things like the Hawks probably really do need that second, uh, first round pick to use it to upgrade, you know, the roster further down the line because, Ultimately, when it comes to that, the Hawks just have to have assets to get the players they need um, to keep building around Trey. Yeah, and Trey and Jalen, the the Hawks were, were very clear that those two guys were untouchable. You know, Kobe Buffkin in some reports uh, was untouchable as well. But now that we're past the deadline, I I feel like where where did the Hawks go from here this year as well as into the near future a couple of years down the road it is really important I hope uh, I hope this front office the organization has a clear direction and sticks to it for some amount of time because this feels like they've switched uh their plans a few times these last few years and it's led to this kind of some some mediocre se- seasons to be fair to be honest yeah I mean, um, the direction as of right now, I couldn't tell you what it is because um, the Hawks traded for DeJounte Murray and the following year, now he's back in trade rumors again, going back out. So the direction has changed. What direction are they going now? That <laughs> Good luck figuring that out. But I do think um, since you're past the deadline, it doesn't look like um, uh, Clint Capella uh, is part of the long-term solution for the Hawks. So I wonder if you give your six overall pick, finally the starting center job, um, he has really performed really, really well with Clint Capella being out with that abductor's train um, so far. So for me, uh, maybe start on Yako, put Clint on the bench. Um, I'd like to see the Hawks bring up guys like Seth Lundy, Kobe Bufkin, to get them minutes, uh, it'll be well valuable. Um, you know, that's just something I look at. Yeah, and as far as the center position, I I don't even think necessarily you need to start uh, on Yeka. Now, I, I think ideally that should be the case. But even if you pay a Kong with 30 minutes off the bench, um, I just think you need to know what you have with him and, and say, and there's that direction point again, if you can go – into next season, knowing that you have Onyeka Kangu here for the future, and he's demonstrated that he can be that guy to lock down that center position for the future. Uh, I think the Hawks need to take this opportunity after the deadline 
with a season that's been you know, disappointing so far, they can still come into the plane, but they need to they need to know what they have going forward. Yeah, and, and me and you've always talked about uh, Trey and Bogey having that connection, and th- this is the reason I, I bring up An- Anyaka being a starter is that Anyaka and Jalen have that connection. That's true. Where they, yeah, where they're just so good when they play on the floor together, and that's the reason I bring him up starting because Jalen starts, and you know I'd really like him and Jalen to have close to the same minutes uh, as as they can, you know, the best is of the Hawks' ability to match them up minutes-wise. Yeah, so we, we, we brought up what it might mean for the center position. So we've seen a Hawks Twitter obviously be really frustrated about not playing Kobe Buffett. Do you think this changes somewhat in, in the towards the end of this season? Obviously, if DeJounte was traded, it would open up a spot uh, for Bufkin to, to get some playing time in the main rotation. But do you think that'll change at all, given that DeJounte is staying here and that the Hawks are still going to, what it looks like, compete to get into the plane and ultimately uh, get a get a playoff run? Um, for, for me, um, no offense to Patty Mills. I, I, I love Patty. He's a great veteran. Um, but I, I think it's time for the Hawks to let Kobe get some run and get real, you know, minutes in the NBA and and really see what he's about. I mean, and, you know, if things turn upside down, you could always, you know, sub Patty back in, you know, kind of stabilize the ship. But for me, um, you're baptism by fire. Like, let let him come play. Like, I mean, the worst can happen is, you know, his confidence goes down a little bit and you probably send him back to the G League, you know, for the rest of the month, bring him back up and let him try it again. Like, for for me, you're not going to hurt yourself that much. Patty Mills' production hasn't been high enough to say, well, we can't pull Patty off the floor because he's given us great minutes. Because that's not really been the case for Patty. Um, if you bring Kobe in, you're... For me, what I've seen in College Park, he he's gonna bring you good minutes, definitely on the defensive end of the floor. Yeah, not that's what we, the Hawks had really used uh, more defenders. Then he's he's kind of a, a bigger he kind of a bigger guard as well. So I think it could it could be beneficial for the Hawks to find some minutes for him to have a, a consistent role with not too much pressure on him uh, as say like a thirty minute a night role or anything. Obviously. Uh, that wouldn't be the case because DeShante and Trey Young are still here uh, to to end the season. But say say DeShante and Trey are playing so many minutes uh, because that stagger, and you know maybe maybe one of them maybe one of them gets hurt for a couple games, rolls their ankle, something like that for for three games. I think at that point you need to explore bringing Kobe Bufkin up and giving him at least ten to fifteen minutes uh, just to see to see what he can give you because. Just like the Hawks had a head start in signing Quinn Snyder last season, giving Kobe Bufkin a head start to just experience the NBA, if he's in their long-term plans, which by all accounts it looks like, that it's that little time is going to be beneficial for him for sure. Yeah, and something else. DeJounte Murray's been dealing with lower back tightness. He's questionable for Friday against Philly. Um, I mean, for me, 
I know the Hawks are throwing bogey out there uh, as of right now, but maybe maybe throw Kobe out there. Um, definitely with the second unit. I know um, in the last game against Boston, uh, Quinn Snyder decided to kind of stagger Trey and bogey. So you make sure you have two good playmakers on the floor at all times. Um, but I feel like that's an opportune time that you could be using Kobe Bufkin with one of those guys to be that primary guard defender. And, you know, hopefully um, we do see Kobe come up soon. I think that he's got a lot of a promise from what I've seen. And, you know, uh, another guy that I'd like to see get some, you know, minutes um, as of right now is Muhammad Gay. He's fighting uh, an injury right now, but he's finally, you know, back to being a full participant in practice. Um, so hopefully he can get back soon enough where, you know, maybe he has, you know, some, some games where he can get some valuable minutes as well. Yeah. And, and the, the future of this team definitely, definitely seems like they're either going for two things in my opinion. One, they're, they're going to focus really on, on internal development. Like we mentioned, those rookies, um, even AJ Griffin, finding him some minutes would, would be helpful as well. I know he was uh, on the trade block, but uh, so it's either internal development like that or this front office, who knows, may, may believe that this core just isn't meshing the way they want to and they think they can do more. I, 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 personally, I'm of a belief that this core might have reached its ceiling already, but who, who knows? This front office might have other ideas. Yeah, and... You know, for me, as in the future going forward, I, I think that, you know, if the Hawks were really serious about moving DeJounte and they uh, explore that idea more into the offseason, um, maybe we see more of a youth movement where you have Kobe come up, you have uh, Jalen, you have Trey, you have Muhammad. Um, you know, those guys, um, they have the Quinn Snyder. Hey, uh, <laughs> as I do the quotation marks, uh, the Quinn Snyder uh, kind of build uh, of what he's looking for in his offensive system. So uh, uh, also in Yaka Kongu as well. Um, but, you know, for me, if the Hawks decide to go with the youth movement, that's where the picks for DeJounte Murray come very, very, very uh, valuable. And you mentioned it before, but multiple teams will get more picks um, as as the draft as more drafts happens, like in the 2024 this summer. So it wasn't of urgent need for the Hawks to trade Dejounte this deadline. There, there is still there is still a lot of time for them to do it if he's not on his long term plans. the The draft night is a, is a great time to do it. So if I was a Hawks fan, I I definitely wouldn't wouldn't think that the Hawks are just going to go into this roster and go into the next season uh, with the same guys because historically this is a team that has not been in the luxury tax. And right now, if they keep all of their guys around, including, including Sadiq Bay, they're in the luxury tax. And, and just something tells me that uh, I, I don't think the ownership is going to change what they've done the past few years for that. Yeah. And I mean, that's hard to argue, um, you know, just by previous years. But, you know, for me, um, 
I'd like to see the Hawks make a, make a big splashy move, but also understand that, you know, progression's not always linear. Um, sometimes you have to take a step back to take a step forward. So for, for me, you know, that's where, um, it's going to be a uh, tough sledding, uh, probably to, to end off this season, but you know, you have Trey young on your team. I, I think that, uh, Trey young can will this team into the playoffs by himself. If he, you know, has the capability of doing so, but also I believe that if you let these young guys play, it's only going to help you for the years come, you know, years to come for sure. All right, Tim, before we head out, I wanted to bring up a Twitter space that we'll be hosting a round table of the best Atlanta Hawks content creators on Saturday, February 17th at 2 p.m. Eastern. Glenn Willis and Kevin Chunard of the ATL and 29 podcast, as well as Tyler Jones, Edwin from the Hawks Beat podcast, Wes from Peachtree Hoops, and Jack Tresh from Hawksology. All of us are going to be discussing the trade deadline, the Hawks future plans, and All-Star Weekend. Make sure you follow at Ethos Hawks on Twitter to tune in. And that'll do it for this episode of the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks podcast. Make sure to follow this podcast wherever you get your podcast content like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can follow me on X at Pinwizard300 and follow Tim at TimHawks23. Be on the lookout to receive the latest Hawks coverage from us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next one. Peace. Peace. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.